From the First Midwest Bank State Street Studio, this is the radio home for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. ESPN 1000, WMVP, Chicago. It's 9 o'clock on a Saturday. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday morning. It's the Murph and Fred Show. Starring Mike Murphy. Fred Hubner and featuring Eric Ostrowski. Now here's your host, Murph and Fred. Hey, Eric, Eric, turn off the uh, turn off the TVs. I think they're talking about me and Fred. Oh, they, would never, they would never talk oh, about us we're on, on the TV. Air? Oh, hi, everybody. It is Murph and Fred, Saturday, 9 a.m. On a Saturday, glad you're with us. Busy day today. Think we have enough bears to talk about there, Fred? Yeah, they may, well, and even more bears. Huh? They may be talking about Mike Davis, who was just released this morning, or is being released officially this morning. Yeah, it's another nice move by Matt Nagy. Uh, Ryan Pace goes out and gets you an all-purpose running back. You use him 35, 40 snaps the first two games, and you use him five times in the next six. Not away, Matt. Didn't You're doing have, a hell of a job. Didn't have room for him. Doing a hell of a job, Matt. Every other team in the NFL runs two, three, four running backs, but you can't figure out how to get three in there. He just doesn't like the running game, does he? Unbelievable. He doesn't like running backs. Doesn't like the running game. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what his problem is. We'll see what happens tomorrow along the lakefront. Got the Twitter poll uh, rolling. Have some great. Hey, E11, Eric Ostrowski. When you have a minute, see if you can pull up. Uh, we used it last week. There was a cut from the uh, early in the game. The TV. Uh, uh, where they were talking about, well, when we met with Matt Nagy during the week, he was talking about uh, his philosophy and wh- why he was there. We'll do that in a minute if EO11 can pull that up. But vote right now at ESPN 1000. Get the ball rolling on a busy Saturday. Have some Bears thoughts. Oh, if you don't want to vote, you can call in as always. 312. And you know our famous phone number, 332 3776. 332-3776. Number one. Oh, I wrote this partly with you in mind, Fred. Okay. All right. Multiple choice. The Bears' offensive problems are more due to A, B, C, or D. All right? The Bears' offensive problems are more due to uh, A, the quarterback, B, the offensive line, C, the wide receivers and the tight ends, or play calling. All right. That would be D. You didn't have to think about it? Well, no. I just, just so everybody remembers, D would be play calling. So when you're voting, <laughs> just so you know, D would be play calling. Bears' offensive problems are uh, mostly due to the quarterback, the O-line, the receivers, and the play calling. All right. Next would be, uh, oh, this is a little, uh, little tough, but uh, it's, it's yes or no. I've decided it's just yes or no. Okay. No more maybe. I got to think about it. Hard to say. Might be, could be, it it is. is. Uh. All right. Would Matt Nagy be a better head coach? Somewhere else? If he... he, (laughs) (laughs) Stop it, Fred. If he he dropped play calling. Now, Now, listen to this closely. Would Matt Nagy be a better head coach? If he dropped play calling, all right? Maybe it wasn't exactly... This was a yes or no, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe it wasn't exactly the way you thought it was going to be. Okay. Next. 
Matt Nagy, they're saying he may flip-flop. I don't think it's official yet, Fred. The left guard in the center this week. It's not official until they take the field. Okay. Yeah. Uh, He's going to say, after Cody Whitehair is playing very, very well uh, at the guard position, pulling guard, opening up a hole here and there. Now, well, get him out of that spot. Why would you want him to stay there? It's not over till we say it's over. Oh, my God. All right, vote now. From Matt, bad to worse. Matt Nagy may flip-flop left guard, Cody Whitehair, and center, James Daniels, Sunday. A, that's smart. B, too late. Or C, it's window dressing. All right. Let's if you've see. noticed, the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. James Daniels' snaps have been starting to be erratic mm-hmm. after being very, very good for the first five, six games. His last couple of weeks, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, as if he doesn't have enough to worry about, has to worry about where the snaps are coming back because he's got him in the shotgun all the time. And Cody Whitehair, that was one of his uh, biggest problems. Yeah, Snapping. it was. Right. It took him about... Yeah. 12 to 15, 12 to 14 games to figure out how to snap. But, see, you raise an interesting point. Uh, they could uh, sidestep that problem by uh, getting rid of uh, shotgun. Have him under the center Exactly. Bar. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you're on the <laughs> one-yard line and you run a, a shotgun handoff to Tariq Cohen, who gets the ball already six yards back of the line of scrimmage. Would that go That'd under play calling? Would that go under play yeah. calling? That'd be play calling. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I'm not a I'm not a football expert, but in in, oh. in Madden football, you're not running a a, a a shotgun draw at the one yard line with the smallest guy in the NFL. I'm not here though. No. I didn't bring me in to run the eye formation. Oh my god! Did we find that one there, uh, Eric? Let's see if we can uh, find that from last week. Yep, I got it right okay. here. All right, uh, that was a uh, uh, Bears. Uh, let's see, that would have been the Bears Chargers game. Yep. And as uh, I think we all know nowadays, when the uh, TV crew comes in from out of town on Thursday or whatever, they have a sit down with the head coach and a quarterback. But here, this this was uh, this is what the guy. This was Tom Brenneman, but uh, this would have been uh, Chris Spielman. Spielman, right? right? They're running on first down, and that's the Cincinnati native via Iowa State University, and that's the rookie David Montgomery. And that's a longer run than they had in the entire game against New Orleans last week. Look at the rushing numbers, 28th in the league. And you see that, keep your eye on Cody Whitehair. He had a good block to spring Montgomery. Here we go. Interesting thing, Matt Nagy told us this week, hey, look, they didn't hire me to run the I formation. Their short passing game is part of their running game. Go to start the game. I formation, set the tone. Yep, Fox TV. I formation, set the tone. Yeah. And there's a thing in football that if you're running plays and gaining yards, uh, you run the plays until they stop you. Three, three, two, three, seven, seven, six. Unfortunately, Matt Nagy is stopping the offense himself. Uh, oh, I, I, sorry, Matt. You're having a bad morning if you're listening. Who's but. this guy? Stink. I like him. Yeah, Mark Schlereth. Mark Schlereth, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm not a nickname guy. So I'll, no, no, you, no. You, you give me the nickname, I'll tell you who it is. But that's Mark Schlereth. Yeah, former the former band? lineman, lineman for Denver, mm-hmm. and uh, he's got a couple of Super Bowl rings. I and, like uh, him. Yeah, we've got some bites of him this week. Well, I, I sympathize with him for having to deal with Dick Stockton. This guy was Stock Dickton. Oh my this, God! This guy stink or whatever his name is, Schlereth. 12 years, right, you just said, or 12 years in the NFL? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Years, 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 one year, another year, but I know he played for a long time. Got years, Super Bowl rings. Uh, offensive lineman, yep. a guard. Knows his stuff. Uh, Washington and uh, someone else there. Here's the thing, Denver. Here's the thing. 
anyone that played the game of football professionally, even, you know, one game, you know, more than any fan yes. knows. Yes. We all understand that. And you play 12 years, you probably know more than the guy that played one game in the NFL. Also, quarterbacks, you figure they know more than anybody, right? I'm not sure. Quarterbacks, they have to read the defense. I don't know. Listen know everything. Listening to Yurko, I think defensive linemen know a lot. Well, I was going to say linemen. Okay. And, yeah. and Tom Waddle, you know, he knows the game better than anyone out there. And, and, and we got our guy Yurko. But something about those linemen, uh-huh. Fred, you're right. Either side of the ball, too. Right. I mean, some of the great analysts, you know, from Tommy Theron down, right? Guys that played a lot. Olin does a tremendous Olin's job on the, on the football after show over yeah. at NBC Sports Chicago. OB. He does a great job breaking it down. OB, yep. I mean, all the guys that played the line. Yep. He, this guy, Stink, whatever his name is, Mark Schlereth. We got some cuts we'll play in a minute here. By the early, early in the second quarter, he's pretty much saying what... Everybody's thinking, and now he, he he solidifies it. Our head coach has failed, and time after time, the the goofy guy up in the booth is saying, "Here's what ought to be happening. Here's what ought to be happening." Here, how does this? This never gets down to the head coach during the week. He doesn't think about it. He's got too much blood. Simple. Maybe they his, must be afraid to tell him. His his Alfredch Alfredch and Ragone might be afraid to tell him. Forget running the shotgun on handoffs. Start running the eye formation. The, the play that you gain yards on every single time, that'd be a nice thing to run uh, all the time. And I'm, um, I'm yeah, glad you not. mentioned their names. Yeah. Going to get to this later. Let's do it right now. What do these guys have in common? Dave Ragone, right? Right. Is it Matt Helfrich? Mark. Mark, Mark Helfrich. Helfrich. Yeah. All right. Uh is it Brad Childers? Childers. Childers. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I haven't heard his, his name much. I heard his name during the spring or training camp, but I haven't heard of his name much since. He's on the float chart on the organizational yeah. chart. He's like a uh, cons- uh, offensive consultant. He must just tell Matt, "You're doing a good job, man." Okay, so Helfrich, you got Ragone, uh, Childress, Childress, and then you got, of course, Nagy. Right. Those four guys are all in charge of the offense, right? Yeah. Ideas, That's coordination. Uh huh. You know what they all have in common? They're all stealing money somehow. They're not doing one heck of a job, I'll tell you that. Let's go to three three two three seven seven six. Bear fan Bob's next. Hey, Bob. Good morning, gentlemen. Hope everybody is well and staying warm. Thank you. You know, I'm going to take a little bit different angle uh, than you guys this morning, but it's pretty hard to argue with with, with uh, Judge Murphy's court this morning. That's for sure. Thank you, Your Honor. Okay, here we are. I did. You know, I had lunch with a friend of mine in Joliet who knows a little bit about off, off, offensive lines, and I, you know, everybody seems to be seeing the same thing, but they're saying it a little bit different. The problem is, is this team can't zone block to save their life. When you can't zone block, you can't, Mitchell Trubisky can't uh, run out on a naked bootleg. He's always hurried, and don't tell me, I sit up in double nosebleed seats. This kid is running for his life most of the time. He doesn't have a chance to plant his feet, nothing. Survey the field, you know, stop it. It's not the problem of Mitchell Trubisky. You know, (laughs) Anytime you got a bad offensive line, you're not running the ball, you're not throwing the ball, you ain't doing nothing. That's why, you know, you have to always be in the hurry-up offense even so much as do something, and you can't run a hurry-up offense for 30 minutes because people will figure that out, too, by blitzing you and killing your quarterback again. 
So, you know, Coach Nagy does need to figure something out, something out, something else out there. You know, <laughs> cutting, well, you well know, it is need, what it is. Well, here's what he needs. You, he needs about four more assistants to help out Ragon and well, Childress and Hartford. You yeah. know, what's Eastad doing back there? Maybe Why Bear Fan Bob. I'd hire Bear Fan Bob. Thanks, Bob. we yeah. got a blast off. Have a good day, guys. See you Thanks, later. Bob. See you later. Harry Eastand, the, uh, the guy that everyone says is such a great offensive line coach. Uh, it yeah. might be that, you know, uh, and uh, people have said this about uh, Nagy with Trubisky. They said, well, Nagy can call the plays, but Trubisky's got to run them. Well, you know, it's tough to run them when you don't have any time. But Harry Heastan is the guy, maybe he doesn't have the ability or the talent to turn Bobby Massey and Charles Leno and, and Whitehair and Coward and, and Daniels into, you know, a good, solid, a solid offensive line. And uh, they're not get, opening up holes. They're not protecting Trubisky. Um, yeah, it's, it's a complete mess. It's so a complete the, mess. The famed offensive line coach, and I'm sure he's, you know, well-credentialed, and everyone says he's great. What do I know? I'm just a fan. Never been in a locker room, never had a press pass. But let me ask this, Fred. So whose idea was it a year ago or whatever to flip-flop white hair into Daniels, and now they're flip-flopping it back? Does the uh, yeah, offensive line coach not have any say in that? Or? Well, or maybe it's his call. Maybe he's the one that decided it. First or or now? Yeah. Maybe he's the one that said, I told you it wasn't going to work. Yeah, well, he could have done that. Or maybe he's the one that decided <laughs> now that it's not working. So three three two three seven seven six. Perfect. It's pretty uh, amazing. I don't think that the... Yeah. Uh, I don't think that if Nagy had said the other day that, yeah, we are going to make the change, I don't think that that would affect the game planning for the Detroit Lions. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I don't think their game planning is going to change if Daniels and Whitehair flip spots. All right, let's go to Fox TV, all right? So the second quarter begins. The Bears are only trailing three to nothing. They had the ball for probably about two minutes in the first quarter. I didn't actually look that number up. The final number for the day was what? They had the ball for less than 20 minutes. Right, it was 19-something. Time of possession, 19-something, right? Oh, 19 minutes, time of possession. So, second quarter begins. Now, the Bears have had the ball for six plays and two punts. Three and out, three and out. Now, they get the ball early in the second quarter, and it's the, uh, you know, first and ten, touchback, balls at the 25-yard line. And here's the first little sound bite. Now, this is the guy up in the booth that played 12 years as, a, well, to me, an obscure offensive lineman. Maybe you heard of him at, at the time when he played. I don't know if he was all pro, or, but he played 12 years. Mark Schlereth. But he seems to me like he knows a little bit about the game. Here he is. And, you know, almost every play, they have to say something. Right, Fred? You yeah. know, there's an incomplete pass. And then you got to come in. You're the color analyst. You're on Fox. You're getting paid a lot of money. And you got to spew something. Some guys just spew. And then some guys, well, let's eavesdrop here. We have not seen a throw with conviction to this point yet. And obviously, when you've got pressure like that, it's going to be an awkward throw. Here's what I'd like to see them do right now. Reestablish the running game a little bit, right? Get into that kind of a heavier formation, maybe some ISO with a fullback in front. And get Mitch Trubisky outside the pocket. On boots and keepers. Uh, Two-time Pro Bowler. Thanks, Eric. Fred, what, what could be more concise? Yeah. He says everything right there. He says reestablish the run. A heavy formation. That means the eye and maybe even the uh, tackle eligible where you put the three tackles in or extra tight ends. Iso with the fullback right. in front. Get Mitch outside the pocket. Boots and keepers. Yeah. I mean... 
Well, see, how come he's how come he knows this? To Nagy's, I am amazed. I'm saying this. Yeah, um, Nagy at that in that second quarter, he had they handed off to David Montgomery. And he went off left tackle for three yards, and mm-hmm. it was a penalty for holding for 10 yards back. So on first and 20, he runs another play yeah. with Montgomery. He gains eight yards. Mm-hmm. And now there's an offensive All offside yep. on the other side. Okay? So now it's first and 15 first and for 15. the Bears. Yep. Okay? Now what's he do? Yeah. Three straight shotgun passes. Mm-hmm. The third one he sacked on after you've just ran two balls and gained 11 yards. He won't run. He gained three yards in the first run, eight yards in the second, and... He doesn't run at all. Again, now pass, 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 punt. I don't understand what Matt Nagy's problem is with running the ball. You went out and moved up in the third round to get David Montgomery. He has shown that he can run the ball, especially out of an eye formation. You refuse to do it. His- so forget about this Mitchell Trubisky criticism. We all know he's not playing the way he did last year. But Matt Nagy is so far from what he did last year. It's so, ridiculous. After that first pass, here's that two-time pro bowler, Mark Schlereth. What does he say this time about Mitch? One of the things that will help you throw with conviction, use the athleticism of your quarterback. Get him outside the pocket. Give him a half-field read. Linear progression. One, two, three, right in a row. Let's get him in a little bit of a rhythm right now if you're an offensive coordinator. One, two, three in a row. Get him in a rhythm. Fred, that was about uh, two plays later from the first cut. This final cut here is two more. So the three cuts we're hearing, and we're going to play cut three right now, which is the best. They occurred within about a minute and a half on the clock. This is not random throughout the day when he had to fill time. He is saying definitively right here. He's saying right here that... uh, you got to do what you're supposed to do to make this guy work. Right now, the Philadelphia Eagles are saying, we feel like we're better than you. We feel like right now it's kind of a, it's kind of like a, a line from a movie, right? Uh, White Goodman, we're better than you, and we know it. They're lined up here, press across the board, single high safety, saying uh-huh. we're going to take away the easy answers to your quarterback. We're going to play you a man. We're going to press you, right. and we're going to see if you can make a play throwing the football from the pocket. And Trubisky can't get away. Got hit, and it's going to be Derek Barnett, the first to get to him, and Josh Sweat, the second, a sack and a loss of nine yards. <laughs> Sacked in the pocket. Just what they were saying not to do. Let's go to the uh, phones. Let's go to the phones. It's uh, Marcus in Michigan City. Hey, Marcus. Hey, guy. How you, how you doing today? What's up, Mark? How you doing, Murph? How you doing? Uh, Fine, Fred, thanks. Hey, Fred? Yeah. I, I I know it's been a little while, and I, I passed my sympathy on for the passing of your wife. Very sorry about that. Thank uh, you very much. Now, uh, I, I'm agreement here. I, I, I want to get your guys' opinion on this. I think Ryan Pace is interfering with the game calling. Since Trebinsky has been back, he has that harness protector on his left side, and I think uh, Pace is telling uh, 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 Nagy not to make him vulnerable. Uh, just try to keep him around the pocket. Don't make him run. He, I know, and uh, they know he's more successful breaking out and throwing out of the pocket, as he did a little with Fox and at North Carolina. But I think uh, Pace could intentionally be saying we can't afford to have him scramble out, get blindsided on the left side, lose him for the rest of this year, perhaps uh, have an effect on next year. We're both out of a job if that happens. I think that's what they're going by. 
play not to lose. Mark, I will never disagree or argue with anyone from Michigan City. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, and, and Mark. Fred, I've heard other people say that. And, you know, we don't know the health of his shoulder. I mean, it's easy to sit here and say, well, if you're playing, then you're good enough. Right. But you can't be playing a quarterback who you can't run the playbook no, for. No, you, if, he, if you can't, if he's if he's not well enough to be out there to play, then you got you to sit him down. But um, I, I don't know. If that was the case, then you wouldn't run him out of as many shotguns, would you? Wouldn't you put him under center and hand the ball off more often? This way, it, you're, t- you're taking a lot of that pressure off of him, and they're not doing that either. So, and, you know, and th- it, it's strange to me because they throw the ball, they get down by a few points, they throw the ball, and it was great to hear um, Dan Fouts on the other day. Dan Fouts will be doing the color commentary on the game tomorrow against the Lions. And he said, you don't have to throw the ball down 13. Down 13 is two scores. You're not, you don't, there's no reason to throw the ball. You can still run the ball, still get your first downs. You get down 14, 15, 16 points, then you may have to start throwing the ball. But down 14, you don't need to do that. And for some reason, a lot of uh, coaches and head coaches in the NFL panic when they get down a little bit. The first time, oh, by the way, they ran one I-formation play in the entire first half. Yeah. And that was the first uh, offensive play of the game you've been talking about. First play of the game, gained five, five yards, yards, offset eye, and that was it. Then, yep. these are my notes here, uh, watching the game, my little play-by-play in the third quarter and fourth quarter. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I got eight I-formations in the second half. Yeah. And this is the guy and they that's... Probably- they probably were all for positive yards. Yeah, they were all positive, yeah. and some, and then those. You know what else those do? They set up play action. Yes, they later. do. They set up play action. Right. Listen, you want to get your tight end involved, don't you? That's what everyone talks about. Bears got to get their tight end involved. This offense needs the tight end involved. They threw two times to the tight end. It was the first time in like 235 games that a game coached by Andy Reid or Doug Peterson or Matt Nagy yeah. did not have a catch by the tight end. Tight ends, two targets, no catches last week. While the tight ends for Philadelphia had like 11 catches and a touchdown. To read what Mark Potash wrote, our guest. I read, t- I read Mark Potash all the time. <laughs> 10 a.m. coming up today, yep. Mark Potash, Bears guys sometimes. He says, like the old expression, if you have uh, two quarterbacks, you don't have one. You know, if you have two goalies in hockey, you don't have one. See what he says? If you have seven tight ends, you, you don't have one. Yeah, right? a, a span of 234 consecutive games <laughs> with a tight end catching at least one pass ah. in a read. Born offense, yeah, yeah. Except last week when uh, they couldn't catch one. All right, so terrible. The first time that Matt Nagy runs a rollout to get the quarterback outside was at the three-minute mark of the second quarter. Here's the play on the run and dropping the passes to recall. And that's really the first throw that we've seen Trubisky outside the pocket by design. Look at that. On the run, perfect execution, great throw. And what did we talk about early? Throw it with conviction. That's one of the first throws that we've seen with conviction. This, is, uh, this to me, is what they need to do. He's been saying it the whole game at Fox TV. Now, yeah. uh, this week... Dan Orlovsky does a great job, NFL guy, ESPN guy, jumps in uh, on our station all the time. This was uh, Orlovsky Tuesday, probably with Tuesday at uh, 10.05 with the cat man talking about it took too long to roll out for the first time. It's the same conversation with this football team. I mean, they never got Mitchell Trubisky 
outside of the tackle box till it, till there was three minutes to go in the first half. That's 27 minutes of football, and you don't do what your quarterback does far and away the best. I, I, I wish I could sit here and explain that. It's inexplainable to me. He wishes he could explain yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, every expert, guys that have played, Orlovsky played, he was a quarterback. Yep. We got Stink here, 12 years, two-time pro bowler. And they're saying it. It's not second-guessing. No. They're saying it before the play, before the action, early in the game, wondering what's... It's, oh, you say it all week long. Well, and, then it, then, yeah. and then all of a sudden, Nagy goes out there, runs a, an eye formation, an offset eye in the first play of the game. They gain five yards, and then he doesn't run it again. He did uh, Two weeks ago against the Chargers, he ran, I think, two eye formations and then went 21 yeah. plays without running another one. I, I don't know what he why he's so stubborn. <laughs> and if he's just trying to show his genius, guess what? It's not showing. And let the record show three weeks ago, you and I sitting here on the little old Murph and Fred show said, you know what? They need uh, that power eye more often because he'd only shown it a few times. Yeah. And then he finally runs it and it's successful. And then he stops. He run, you know, why, why would you want to keep gaining yards? Because Hate they to didn't do that. bring me here to run the eye formation. Oh, my God. All right, we're going to take a break. Vote now. I'm going to hurl. Have the uh, Twitter uh, results when we return. Your last chance vote now would be uh, number one. Uh, the Bears' offensive problems, multiple choice, are they more due to the quarterback, the O-line, the wide receivers, or the play calling? And <laughs> here's a new one, Fred. I don't know how this is going to go over. All right. Multiple drops, multiple offensive penalties, no tight ends, offensive line is in flux, bad play calling, and Mitch didn't pick himself number two in the draft. Question, do you feel a bit sorry for Mitch? I, I had a hard time writing this. Okay. Do you feel a bit sorry for Mitch Trubisky? Yes or no? Multiple drop balls. Multiple offensive penalties. No tight ends. Offensive line in flux. Bad play calling. And he didn't pick himself second overall. Vote now. Back in a flash. Murph and Fred vote at ESPN 1000. Interesting thing. Matt Nagy told us this week. Hey, look. They didn't hire me to run the I formation. Their short passing game is part of their running game. But to start the game. Little I formation. Set the tone. Chris Spielman, Fox. Murph and Fred. A lot of questions now is why exactly did they hire him? Me, I'm Mike Murphy, the Cub fan from Lions Township High School in Grange. Him is Fred Hubner, White Sox fan from good old Martin East And High by the School way, Martin East, Cicero. Martin East playing in the uh, 3A soccer championship tonight out in Hoffman Estates. So good luck to the uh, Mustangs. Actually, it's just Morton now, and so it's East and West. I grew up in Cicero. There's not too much I believe in unless I see it. But <laughs> I've got a guess that most of the good players probably came from Morton East because that's where I went. Of and, you know, I just, you know. My dad was a East. Martin a Mustang. Yeah, oh, East yeah. East always a better, yeah. little bit better than West. Right over there on good old Austin Avenue. Uh-huh. Let's bring in Eric Kostrowski. Eric, what are the fans saying here? Our Twitter poll questions are flying right now. Okay, number one, Matt Nagy uh, may, you know, flip-flop left guard Cody White here and center James Daniels Sunday, tomorrow. A, that's smart. B, too late. See, 
It's window dressing. What the fans have to say, Eric. This one's tight. So at the bottom with 23% is smart. Uh, with 38% saying it's too late and 39% saying it's just a window dressing. No, it's the window dressing. <laughs> right. Uh, next was, uh, yes or no, would Matt Nagy be a better head coach if he dropped play calling? Now, I know that's sort of a uh, paradoxical paradox question there, Fred, because he is the head coach because of right. his play calling. Yeah. So I understand it's a little tricky there, but, uh, you know, do you think he'd be a better head coach if he was, you know, just the head coach and not calling the plays? Yes or no, Eric? 64% of the voters said yes, he'd be better if he dropped calling plays. So, I, don't know. I don't understand exactly what part of him would be better because I don't know what else he does. Well, they're saying the- he can't be worse. Yeah. That's no. what it is. No. I don't see any part to anything that can make him better because that's the one thing he does well. So what? <laughs> I, I actually think, Fred, the one thing I think he does well because he hasn't been good at play calling is I think he is a good leader. I do think the locker room and the guys respect him and like him, and that's his strength because his play calling is not his strength right Listen, now. Listen, that's what baseball managers it's agreed. do. Agreed. Baseball <laughs> managers are leaders. They do nothing else. Uh, in football, you need to make, make decisions. You need to play, make play calls. Even guys that are not the, the, uh, the main play caller, every play call goes through their headset. They can nix any play call they want to when they hear it. If I'm not mistaken, they go. They can hear all this stuff. Eric, so I totally I agree 100 percent with what you said. So don't take this wrong. But you know what our old, old buddy Dan Jiggets would call what you just said, damning with faint praise. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And then give us that great laugh of his. He's a fine Woo! leader. He's a fine leader of men. Well, that's great. Let him go. Do something else. Hope then. Dan Jiggets is listening. Hope all all's well, Jigs. Next on the uh, Twitter poll, phone lines are jumping. We'll get right to you if you're on hold. Hang on. All right. The Bears, here's the key to the day. Bears' offensive problems are most uh, due to A, B, C, or D, mostly due to the quarterback, the offensive line, the wide receivers, tight ends, you know, the receiver, or the play calling itself. All right. Surprisingly, with 0%. How many votes do you get 0% on? 0% of the uh, voters are blaming the wide receivers. Right. Okay. I threw that in because there's four slots, right. to be honest with you. Okay, so the receivers... No blame. Have, have no blame. All right. So that leaves... Who's most to blame? Most to blame with 49% is the quarterback. That's the winner? That's the winner at 49%. O-line, 26%. Play calling, 25%. Oh, my God. What, what are you people watching? Play calling should have been at least 70%. Or 99.9. Well, yeah, at least 70. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Mitch isn't perf- isn't performing. He's throwing some balls that are short. Uh, again, uh, I saw every quarterback in the NFL overthrow receivers last week. So, you know, uh, that happens. Uh, and I know he's got to make the short play. He's got to make the first uh, first drive of the game. He's got to make the throw to Allen Robinson. He didn't make it. He's got to make that throw. But. He is not the reason that the offense as a whole is not moving. You know what it is, Fred? And I say this with full respect of everyone, all our the great fans and Bears fans. I think it depends how you watch the game. You know, you got some friends over. You're having some beers. You're having food and pizza. Oh, I got this. Oh, my God. 
But then sometimes it's fun to rewatch the game, maybe on Tuesday. You know, and who's got two hours? Well, fun is fun would around. not be fun would probably not be the right word because uh, it was it was hard to in, go back okay, and watch this right. one a second time. Instructive is, yeah. a, is a better word. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Educational. You're exactly right. Very educational to watch it a second time. And, you know, everyone's busy. Who's got two hours on a Tuesday? I don't. I'm going to watch that again. Right. But you watch play by play, and you sort of see see the fl- the fact there's no flow and there's no rhythm, uh-huh. and then you see well how come he's doing this now he didn't do it earlier, and I mean I'll be honest I watched the game the first time and then when I watch it the second time it's almost like you're seeing a different game. Yeah. Now the final of our current Twitter polls, EO eleven, this one I had a hard time deciding whether to enter or not. All right, this is uh, it's yes or no. All right. Do you feel sorry for this guy? He throws the ball. There's multiple drops. There's multiple offensive penalties. There's no tight ends. The offensive line is in flux. Bad play calling. And, hey, he didn't pick himself number two overall in the draft. Do you feel a bit sorry for Mitch Trubisky? Yes or no? Fred, I got no idea where this is going. That's why because, I wanted to run this. Well, because the previous one would blame the quarterbacks the most, I would say that probably seventy ah. percent are going to say no. They don't feel bad. See, you for like them. what I did there? You see how we did uh, that? Okay, okay. Yeah. So, and and Fred, what was the forty nine percent? Was uh, the quarter? Well, yes, uh, correct. It was forty nine percent saying right. the quarterback was the biggest blame for the offensive problems. Okay, but that doesn't mean you can't feel sorry for the guy, even though he is to blame. Uh-huh. He's got no tight ends. He's got the O lines in flux. The flags are. You know what? It's hard to watch NFL football. There's a lot of flags. When every time off the track here, E11, every time you watch the play, does your eye then go to the lower right corner of your screen to see if that yellow flag, 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 it's un- it's, it drives your you can't, it's unwatchable. Yeah, makes it tough. I mean, I shouldn't have to every play. Oh, I hope that 14 yard pickup holds up. Oh, then the flag comes up. Yep. All right, we've delayed long enough. Are the fans feeling a bit sorry or not for Mitchell Trubisky? There is some empathy in Twitter world. Um, 44% of the voters do feel sorry for Mitch, Uh while 56% not a bit. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I didn't know that the fans had a heart. Yeah, I'm surprised there's Some a little of the fans have a heart. There. Well, you think it's the way I set up the question? Maybe, maybe, because but at I least, did... but you laid it all out there. Oh, you know. laid all those things out there and all the specifics. Yeah, but we, if right. we'd have just said, and E11, you look at all the results every week. You know how these things go. If we'd have just said, you feel bad for Mitch? Yes or yeah, no? Yeah. That would have been eighty no. percent no. Right. Yeah, exactly. There you go. I feel bad. I feel a little bad for Mitch, yeah. and I feel. Doubly as bad for the fans who have to watch this entire thing. Let's go to uh, Missouri. His name's Matt. Show me, Matt. It ain't Nagy. Hey, Matt. Hey, um, so I feel like ever since Nagy said, I'm not an idiot after on the ball, <laughs> what do we do the first play of every game? We load up heavy. Yeah. We, we smash it down the middle yeah. for three, four yards, which isn't bad. Yeah. But everyone knows we're going to run the ball. Why not A, Run a, run a play action, bomb it deep to Gabriel because everyone's expecting it. If that's not there, put Mitch on the edge and put Mitch run because everyone's crashing down and one of those two should be open. Well, you're right, but he's still getting five yards uh, right. on the first play in the eye, and, uh, and then his yeah. second, then his second but, six, and it's a lot better than you know, throwing an incomplete right off the bat. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you're saying, Matt. Phone again. Yeah, it's a nice idea, Matt. Let's see if he does but, it. Uh, Brian's in Norwich. Hey, Brian. Hey, how you guys doing today? Hey, good, good buddy. Go. 
Okay, so um, here's the thing. If they're cutting Mike Davis, like you guys are saying they are, yeah. how about bringing up a guy like uh, Ryan Null from the practice squad? He was great in the preseason. I know he was going against number twos, but they couldn't stop him in practices. He's a big guy. Maybe they figured out that you know, they need to run the eye a little bit more. Put, up, put your running back behind that guy, and he's going to blow a hole through it. Or he's, he's a beast. He was unstoppable. Well, yeah, no. And, uh, uh, yeah, and, and, good call. Good call. Yeah. we got to run. I guess Brian, Brian's right. No was, uh, he was a uh, bulldozer, straight-ahead plow guy, yeah. which is what your eye is. He is more of a running back than a fullback, but still... He's, uh, oh, he did, you know what? You're, I'm sorry. You're right, right. Fred. Go, he, he was able to get outside a little bit, too. Yeah. Off tackle. Yeah. I don't mean, you know, sweep. So I'm not sure yeah. if he could block as well as Holtz can block. Mm. But, yeah, um, yeah right. he's a possibility. And maybe you throw him also on special teams. Yeah. Because yes, last week, uh, no offensive snaps from Mike Davis. He was out there for three special teams plays. That was it for the entire game. Adam, Joliet. Hey, Adam. Hey, good morning, guys. Love the show. Thanks, Thank Adam. What's up? Uh, my main point was about Nagy, but first, uh, when it comes to Trubisky, I don't feel sorry for him at all. I blame it all on pace. If you ever look on YouTube, the day, the draft day, uh, when they picked his name, he was in total shock. Like a deer in headlights, he should have never been picked that high. He didn't even believe it himself. Um, mm-hmm. But when it comes to Nagy, uh, I basically feel like we've been tricked. He's like a gimmick coach. Uh, he's like the guy who's super uh, book smart but has no common sense, no kind of street smart. Like, just the stuff he does is just common sense that he just completely avoids. Uh, your quarterback's hurt. That's uh, first game back. Let's throw 50 times in the game. Um, you know, we got a minute left in the game. Uh, we don't need no more extra yards for a field goal. It's just like every week it's the same thing. I think he's a good leader. Uh, he helps, you know, like, a good culture. But as far as play calling, he's just god-awful. Yeah, I don't, right. think, I don't think anybody could disagree with you. I think everyone's with you, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Phone again, Adams and Joliet. Yeah, you, you run into people in everyday life that are really book smart, and but they, you know, like he he was just saying, they just don't. They're not street smart at all. And uh, actually, that's not a bad that's not a bad uh, description of Matt Nagy. I'm not sure how street smart he is because he he knows his offense inside and out. He knows what he wants to do, but. It, it, it's just common sense He's that if you, gain, if you gain yards on on the with the eye formation, just keep running it. He's running his, it till run it till they stop. He's you. got his nose in that plate card laminate, whatever the hell the, the buzzword to call that thing is. I don't think he's able to. He's not thinking in the big picture. Okay, what do I do now? What what have I got? Seven plays I can run on third and four. I mean, I don't think he's looking at the big picture. I don't think he. I said from the beginning, it's tough. In general, for any, I believe, a rookie head coach to also be basically a rookie play caller. That's a lot for a but guy to do. was fine last year. And that was his rookie year last year. Last year, everything worked fine. And there's too many plays so. in his book this year. Something, Something's haywire. Uh, the yellow pad's full. We have also our buddy Mark Potash, sometimes a Bears guy, busy day. It's Murph and Fred back in a flash ESPN 1000. A few minutes away from Mark Potash. 
The great Mount Potash covering the Bears oh. at the Sun Times. Every Wednesday, he does watch and oh, take yeah. notes, or he does, and and then he counts things down. First he goes, and ten. Oh and, my God, it's yeah, he's, it's he's it's great. Best. It's a must read, and I read it. I I, uh, I got it right here. He's got stuff got today my too. And, yeah, yeah. Then, well, then he also has his cheat sheet when he picks play, oh, and yeah. then you see how well uh, Cap and Sylvia are doing with their picks. It ain't easy to pick football with no. the spread. He who gambles, Doug uh-huh. Buffon, lives in shambles. I'll tell you, Doug Buffon's three keys uh-huh. to winning: run the ball, stop the run, pressure the quarterback. That still works. Could never be more true. Yeah, still works. We'll get to that a little bit later. Oh, uh, you were a prophet, Dougie. But the yellow pad is out. It's mellow They're yellow time. Mellow yellow. Right. All right, let's see what Murph has on the old yellow pad. Number one. Do you have green on the pad? I got everything. I got green pens. I got oh, Andy, no, Andy, Andy Green. green pens. That's what I, yeah, I got Andy, Andy green. green. Well, let's start with him. <laughs> let's start with him. Cubs' new bench coach, Andy Green. Because a lot of people may have missed that. It happened uh, late last night. You would think it would come from raising t- ticket prices, which I heard they reduced some. Well, we'll do that. It's on the yellow pad, okay. too. You're looking at my yellow pad in uh, the pre- Every once in a while, I pick up some notes here and there. Fest. Uh, Andy Green, former Rob Padres manager, is a, uh, I don't see anything good or bad about it. He's a, uh, he's a guy. Well, he's J- just a guy. That's Jag. J-A-G. He's just a guy. He's just, he's just a guy. Uh, Cubs season tickets. Uh, not day-to-day tickets, because those don't get announced the prices right. till February. Down 2%. There you go. Well, you know what that's Take all that about. Take 2%. You can buy yourself yeah. a beer at Madden's Post. So you got to think how these guys oh, think. Okay. Here's Theo a couple weeks ago. The budget's always a function of, of uh, you know, sort of revenue minus, you know, other expenses. And what we're left with, they pour back into the team. Yeah, the pontificator, uh, the squanderer, that's Theo, and that's the company line. See what they did there on everybody, Fred? Well, let's tell them first, remind them that the money, the payroll, is based on, you know, the, the revenue. The uh-huh. budget's always a function uh, of, of uh, you know, sort of revenue. Uh, minus- get off my phone, you jerk. Now, now they tell you the ticket prices are going down. Well, well just what? so you know, it's just season tickets because actual game day tickets yeah. are more are, are not going down. Yeah. So, like, it's kind of a farce. Well, right. and, and the actual game day tickets won't be announced till February. The onesies, twosies. You're exactly right. right. Point is, see, but you're lo- don't think logically, Eric. You got to look at how these get. Tell them that the prices are coming down. That's why we can't spend more on the payroll. I know how these guys operate. That's how they do it. Mellow Yellow, next. Fred, how about this one? I'm watching uh, Green uh, the, the other day on TV. Get up? Yeah, yeah. I was Not up. Not the get up, I was just up. get up. And the one guy, and they're talking about Trubisky. Oh, and of you course know what they the are. One they, I don't know who the other guys are on the, on the Probably panel. Probably Marcus Spears whoever, or Danilovsky or whoever. Know, whatever. Yeah. And one guy's talking about Trubisky. He goes, literally, my head exploded. I think it. Now that would be good TV. Well, and it's funny if that I'm not. That would be good TV. I've heard that cut, and Greeny actually said, "Hold on, literally." Oh, he didn't have. Did he? Yeah. Okay, not the. T- he must say it all the time than this guy because he didn't say it that time. No, no, no. But Greeny asked no. him. Yeah. He said, uh, "Really, literally? Yeah. Your head literally exploded." Now, see, that'd be good TV. Yeah. Yeah. It would be. Yeah, Matt's yeah. headroom just blowing up. <laughs> uh, Otto Porter. Just oh, playing. Did you see what happened to I him? I tweeted the other day. I'm watching the game against Atlanta, and I'm going, uh-huh. Otto Porter came to play. He was hitting yeah. He was hitting running jump shots Everywhere. and everything. Yeah. He's hitting threes and playing yeah. defense. Uh-huh. Next thing you know, I got a foot injury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, that uh, sucks. Yellow pad. I figured out the Bulls, Fred. When they lose, everyone says, they suck. And when they win, 
everyone the next day goes, you know, they can sneak into the playoffs. I got to tell you. How does that work? Talk about over. You know, a lot of times in the NFL, they have overreaction Monday. For the Bulls, it's overreaction every day. I like that. The other day, they were 2-5. and five. They're 2-5. Mm-hmm. and five. They can't make the playoffs. They've played 7 out of 82 games. What do you mean they can't make the playoffs? That's got to be one of the dumbest comments I heard all week long. And I heard it from almost everyone. So, yeah, that's Yellow me pad. calling people out. So, the Bears end up losing 19-14 to 14 last Sunday. The 14th point was the extra point uh, in the fourth quarter. Did anyone talk about this? He almost missed it. It's, it's It drifted left and was just inside. Not that it mattered. Right. They would have lost 1913 instead of 1914. Now, the extra point's now 33 yards. You know, it's a pretty good length. Uh, the, the snap is, can you line up anywhere you want on the uh, one-point kick extra point? You know, I know the ball has to be on the line there where they play. But can it be anywhere, I wonder, between I, the hash I marks? I think you can. Yeah, the kicker can choose middle or either hash. Thank Correct. you. Then, yeah. then how come, so Panero opted to have it right in the middle. I watched. Yeah. Right, well, yeah. Okay. Or, but but according, to, according to his special teams coach, it yeah. doesn't matter. Well, because that's what he said the week before, and he almost missed yeah. left. Yeah. It was just inside clang. Everybody's missed extra points. Robbie Gold missed extra points. Now he's questionable. Now, now he's questionable for their game on Monday against Seattle. And the other thing is, people, we haven't. I don't think anybody's talked about it this uh-huh. week. Um, they may have. I haven't been able to listen to every single one hundred percent of the radio. But Eddie Panero kicking in the cold because he'll be kicking in the cold for the first time. It hasn't been cold before. It's going to be cold tomorrow. He almost missed the extra point. Yeah. And no one even talked about that because there's been so much. Oh, one last yeah, thing. Yeah, but you know what? Sometimes if a guy almost misses, drops a ball, but he doesn't, he I catches it. So no I one's going to talk about that. But I understand. If he, if he almost made it. I like to see center cut that's extra why, points. That's why one of the things people always talk about when two planes are in the air, they say a near miss. That's a near hit. That's <laughs> a near hit. Yeah, I mean, a near miss. A near miss would have meant they hit. Of course. Double negatives can screw up a lot of exactly. things. Just so I'm not on the plane. <laughs> yeah. Remember George Carlin? I don't want to be on the plane. I want to be in, in the, the plane. plane. Yeah. yeah. And final yellow pad. Thank goodness it's the final yellow pad. It seems like they've been going on forever with this thing, huh? Let's see. Uh, here we go. Uh, our buddy Jeff Passan, right? Does yep. a great job. Baseball yep. guy, ESPN. He knows more about baseball than anyone. How about this one? He says... Multiple teams Did I sound believe, sarcastic there? Multiple teams believe Wilson Contreras will be available. Uh-huh. Everybody's available. What is that scoop? Multiple teams believe Wilson Contreras will be available. I do have to tell you, though, after I heard him say that and, and report that, I heard <laughs> at least five people ask me, ask me about that. Everybody's available. My good friend Bud. Oh, everybody. Here's why analytics are dangerous to the understanding. Of Thank you very much. Analytics are very dangerous. He's not a good framer. Well, that's okay. In a couple of years, a couple of years, there'll be no framing. Hey, we've got uh, Mark Potash next talking Bears back in the They'll frame the Bears in a proper proper perspective. ESPN 1000. Welcome back. Murph and Fred every Saturday, 9 a.m. One minute away from Mark Potash, sometimes Bears guy. And uh, we'll break down a little more of that with him. Fred, the uh, Bears, here it is, and you had it earlier. They had the uh, ball for a time of possession. 1940. 1942. Yeah. 
That's a famous year. 40 minutes and 18 seconds for Philadelphia. Hey, Eric, you know what? What do you think the NFL average is for time of possession? <laughs> shh, 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 oh, that's, I don't know. Tw- <sighs> We're setting you up. I'm sorry. It's I know. 30 I'm, minutes exactly. 30 oh, minutes. Is it really? What's well, the, the average? average? I guess that would be the average of 30 oh teams. I'm sorry, yeah. man. I do it to every no, producer at least once. That was good. I'm I set you up. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was unfair. Let's okay. go to uh, the guy that covers the Bears, follows the Bears. We quote him all the time, read all his work at the Sun Times. Murph here, Fred there, Mark Potash. Good morning, Marcus. Hey, Murph. Hey, Fred. How What's you guys up, doing? I'm doing great. Hey, you know, with overtime, uh, time of possession isn't the exactly 30 hey. minutes anymore. Mark's got my back. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> okay, you can go now. Bye-bye, see, Mark. Thank see, you. See, that's why That's why Murph didn't ask you, Mark. Uh, you only gave him that answer. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. That'll teach me. Uh, Mark, great stuff all week, and Fred and I have been uh, uh, Wednesdays, looking at Wednesdays your... are my favorite days. Oh, Saturdays, then, too. Then the cheat sheets are great because yeah. then we get to see how everyone struggles and I'm so much happier I keep my money in my pocket and don't wager <laughs> on football games. So. Mark, we have uh, your sound bite, but since we have you live, we won't play it, but it was really uh, you know, good stuff. Uh, you and, and uh, the head coach at the presser, and why is the opening drives this year uh, worse than last year? And then he uh, talked a little bit, and then you said, well, you followed up to the opponents, uh, you know, have a little handle on it. And uh, he says, well, you know, we gained five yards on the first play, right, for the I formation. Yeah, yeah. And he says, and then, uh, well, then we lost three, and then, uh, well, it was three and out. But uh, your question, I think, is, is really key. Uh, uh, opening drives, uh Worse than last year? Is that indicative of just the way things are going in general for uh, the play caller this year overall? Yeah, I think it's. I think that uh, that statistic, to tell you the truth, really uh, illustrates exactly what is going on uh, with Matt Nagy. It's not the only one, but I mean, you know, like in the first three. If you remember last year, early in games, you know, where he there was are scripted plays, and they're, they're you know, and he's new, and people don't really know him. Hmm. They scored touchdowns three times in the first four games on their opening drive. Wow. And then it just dried up in an instant. It was like as soon as the league kind of had film on him and saw what he was doing, they responded to him. And, you know, just like anything else, Murphy, you know, a, a hitter comes up, he, he, you know, they find the hole in the swing, and, and, and it's up to him to adjust. And t- sometimes guys go back and forth like that. Well, he hasn't even naggy. Uh, no offense to him, he just has not responded. You look at the numbers. I mean, I think the number is, in, you know, zero punts in the first four games on his first drive. In the next 21, 14 punts. I mean, they've just caught on to I mean, it's, to me, it's very simple. I don't look at X and O's too as deeply as a lot of people who cover the NFL, but it's very simple. I mean, the league has kind of figured them out, and the challenge for him is to kind of respond, and he's been, he's been slow to do that. You know, the one thing, Mark, and I know you guys have talked to him about it and the whole thing about running, and I know we, we've played the cut a couple times this morning already about, you know, Chris Spielman telling him that two weeks ago Nagy said, listen, they didn't bring me here to run the I formation, but isn't it in football when you run a play and you gain yards? Isn't it a thing where make them stop us? Let's keep running something until you know until it doesn't work anymore. It seems like I, every time they run an offset eye or an eye formation, they gain yardage, and then he refuses to go back to it. I think that uh, I think that's generally the case. I mean, that sounds right, but in this instance, where they are now. 
he's not going to – that would change the identity of his offense. And he's in his second year this early. I mean, and I kind of can't blame him, but he's kind of stuck. I can't blame him for not wanting to do that. Uh, does this Because, that you know, theoretically, he's got to become a completely different uh, offensive coach than he was hired to be. And he's still – you know, big picture, he's still in that – early in his second year, he's still in that mode where – He's trying to make this thing work, and there, you know, this is still a good faith effort on their part on, uh, to get Trubisky going. Everything I know, everybody else, you know, we all want change quickly, and uh, the coaches, you know, like Lovey with Rex Grossman, the coach is always the last guy to know when, you know, the guy, one guy isn't your quarterback. But just in general, he's in this, he's in a different kind of point in time than I think we are in our perspectives because right now he's totally locked into just making this thing work. And unfortunately, it isn't. And that's where you kind of get the discord. If you, if you ran an offensive play and you gained yards and then you go, did it again, wouldn't that make you a successful coach instead of where he's at right now? I mean, every once in a while, being stubborn is going to show. I'm sure there are NFL coaches all around, there, former NFL coaches everywhere that are, you know, wanted to stick with their system. And then yeah, it didn't I, work anymore. I just think, Fred, just to reiterate, I just think he's he's not convinced that he's an I formation okay. coach, and and he still thinks he's the he's another he's the next Andy Reid, and he's got to make a good faith effort to make that work. So that's why that's that is the that's why that's the definition of stubbornness. That's why he's yeah. being stubborn. And I I understand. Let's put it this way: I hate to play both sides of it, but I understand why he's being accused of being stubborn, and I understand why he's being stubborn. Okay. that's where he's at at this point in time. Uh, it, in his tenure as Bears head coach. Mark Potash, let's stay on the playbook here for another uh, minute. Uh, this sounds dumb, which it probably is. Could there be, the question's going to be, could there be too many plays in his playbook? Now, let me preface by backstepping one year ago, and we were told, you know, we heard that, well, this is just the beginning, you know, of his playbook. And next year, it's going to be really big. And I used to say, well, last year, the playbook was like the uh, Fox Lake, Illinois old phone book, and now it's, you know, the old Chicago phone book. It's going to be much bigger. It's going to be more plays and you know i said this is great remember frank he's gonna have everybody out there and running around and then i start thinking he's got his head buried in that play card you know is he so engrossed you know the old forest for the trees you know okay it's it's third and seven okay i got eight plays over here on the uh be you you know be yourself thing Uh, i got all the does he have too much going on in his head or on the or is that just crazy that there can never be too many plays i would imagine is that true mark well first of all murph what's a phone book yeah well that's <laughs> why i call it the old phone book uh, i think you're absolutely right i think he is and again this is part of the issue he has is he's trying to do everything as he as what you know and he coming from philadelphia and kansas city this is the way it was done uh-huh. and i think he is absolutely overwhelmed and he has overwhelmed this offense he has overwhelmed his quarterback by having just too much he's it's too much too soon and uh i think uh, that might be more of an indictment of his personnel it might be of his quarterback. I don't know because I don't know enough about how well it worked in, in Kansas City and Philadelphia. But there's no doubt. You know, I, I think the telltale sign was the one time 
Trubisky was really good this year. It was against Washington. He threw those three touchdown passes at, to Taylor Gabriel. And the explanation at the after the game was, well, we simplified things. I mean, just as simple as that. They just made things more simple, uh-huh. made his job easier. And we've seen that a couple times now where – uh, you know, uh, uh, paring things down and pull, pulling back on some of this stuff has been actually an advantage, mm-hmm. and I think that's a sign that that uh, that you are absolutely right. That is definitely that both the coach and the quarterback and the offense, all three, are overwhelmed by just having too many pages in the playbook. Fred, we have a lot of experts. Mark Potash, right at the top. Dan Orlovsky checks in here once or twice a week, and uh, here's what he said on the same thing. Mark, let's listen. Some teams have run games, and you go, man, they're really good at these four or five runs because they're multiple within it. The Bears have like 27 runs. They, mm-hmm. They're just not good at any of them because there's no room room for the routine of it. It's it, Right now, It's I'm at a loss to describe this offense. Dan Orlowski, ESPN NFL, a one-time quarterback. He says it right there also, Mark. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's. I think he's right on. I think, like I said, it's just too much. And 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 again, um, we we've seen uh, many times where uh, you know the they've they've run plays that are inexplicable. You know, like I mean, even the first play was it after uh, the the first play? I can't remember. It must have been the char- the Saints. I guess the Saints. They ran Tariq Cohn like off left tackle or something. Yeah. It, it just it just didn't. So many things just don't make sense. And I, to me, that's a sign that you got a smart guy who is just uh, discombobulated. And and is just out of his uh, not element, but just you know, just not in a very good rhythm, and and that's why we're seeing so many times when we try. And, and this is interesting with 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 Nagy is that he's really good at explaining things, or has been very good. He's very forthright, but yet this year. So many times, it's tough to see a good guy. You know, we, we've come from the John Fox thing where he told us nothing. It's very difficult for us, I think, watching him to see a guy, a good guy who's very forthright, but just struggle to find different ways to say it's just not working. And I think that's the issue is that that's the biggest issue is that they have no idea. They don't seem to have an idea of what of, of how to fix this to me. It's kind of like it's kind of like Apollo 13 where they were shooting for the moon, they had uh, they had a, a malfunction and then they're scrambling like crazy just to get back to where they were. Uh. But there was a point and it was illustrated really well in the movie where they said, "Hey, these guys have no idea, you know, uh, how to get us back." And that's where the bears are right now. They have no idea how to get back to earth, how to get back to where they were and just kind of consider this a successful failure this season and move on to the next one. You know, and, and, and for the record, Apollo 14 did land on the moon, so there might be some hope afterwards. <laughs> you know, you look at tight ends, and in your column on Wednesday, you mentioned it that, you know, uh, basically two targets to the tight ends, one to Shaheen and one to Burton, and no catches. And that hasn't happened to an Andy Reid, uh, basically an Andy Reid board offense in 234 consecutive games. But the one guy that has shown, and I know I'm bringing this out of nowhere because I just thought of it. Ben Broniker is the only guy that actually, when they throw him the ball, seems to catch it. Burton isn't doing anything. I don't know if it's still the injury. Adam Shaheen, I think we can finally say that he's not going to turn, work out. I mean, what can they possibly do? Because if you're a defense, there's no reason for you to concentrate on the tight end. Because last week was a prime example. They only tried to get him to him twice. Fred, I think that makes the point uh, that uh, just uh, uh, makes the point even more. What I was just saying about just having no idea. I mean, there's no real solution to the tight end problem. It's not like you can go to another guy. They've got uh-huh. seven on the roster, but there's nobody they can go to who will be any better than what they have. 
Trey Burton is a great example of what has gone wrong. Here's a guy who was very productive last year, looked like he was going to take the next step and be even more productive. Yeah. You know, maybe not Kelsey, but but certainly closer to Kelsey than to uh, Adam Shaheen. And and it, and it hasn't happened because apparently he has an injury, and he's just a, a guy who's got to be 105 percent to be really good. And and he's taken a long while to get to get healthy, and you can tell he just can't get open. He's just not the same player. And and again, he's not the same player and they don't have somebody who is better than him. They don't have an option. I think that's a, a, also a, a really good illustration, a good example of just wh- what kind of a quandary the Bears are in. They don't really seem to have an idea of how to fix this, and they don't have a whole lot of options. Final couple minutes with our buddy Mark Potash, always nice enough once or twice a year. Uh, busiest I'm, guy in town. He says, yeah, I'll call in for a few I'm, minutes. I'm not getting very encouraged by anything we're talking about Well, here. Let's, go, <laughs> let's go to today's uh, fine piece in the Sun-Times. Halfway through the season. Uh, questions to uh, both uh, Mark and uh, uh, Jeff Leisure and Jason Leisure. Jason Leisure, sorry, and uh, Patrick Finley. And you guys do a great job. And one of the questions was you all answered this, all three of you. How can the Bears pull out of this spiral? And uh, Finley and the Leisure. And then uh, here's Mark. Fix the offensive line, which might be an impossible task. Well, that's tough. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> the way to fix this thing might be impossible, but the line was more workmanlike uh, uh, than elite last year, but the inability to match even last year's modest standard is mystifying. What's going on with the old line, Mark? My gosh. Uh, you know, I, I, I wish I. Like I said, it's not an elite offensive line. It wasn't, but it's 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 kind of uh-huh. it's kind of uh, good. And last year, I think it was a good example. It was good enough. I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, Leno and Massey are not like uh, you would consider you know elite tackles and at a position where you really want to be elite in the NFL. But you know something? Excuse me. They were good enough. You know, they were they were good enough to get to get this team to the playoffs and to and to get uh, get this team the offense. You know, at least good enough to score points, whatever. Well, it hasn't been the same this year, and there's no explanation for it. And, again, that goes back to, again, this kind of another, just another shining example of what, what's gone wrong is that if you, of all the narratives, all the offseason narratives last year, the one I would have said, no problem, it's going to work, would be switching, uh, would be switching yeah. Daniels and Whitehair to their best college positions uh. under, a, under an offensive line coach who is very well respected in the NFL. It looked like a total no-brainer. And I, I'll be honest. I don't know exactly how much of this has just changed to make a change and how much is it because neither guy is really uh, as good as, as they were at their previous position. But to me, that's a perfect example of what's gone wrong this season because you had something that was like a sure thing. You know, it's not like asking Mitch Trubisky to suddenly become Tom Brady. That was, you know, that was not going to happen or whatever, or even becoming a, a, an elite quarterback. That was n- not very likely to happen. It could. But this was a sure thing to me. Mm. This was the, one, the thing I was least worried about, and, and yet uh, this is this – even we're seeing now, I'm sure we'll see by Sunday, that even that has not come to fruition. So, that to me, that explains it. That's your offensive line issue right there. They're grasping at straws. When Akeem Hicks went down, I, I thought that some of the other guys would be able to fill in for that spot. Were, were, were we wrong? As, as he had, the loss of Akeem Hicks really led to some problems on the defense? Well, it has, and it's, that's another interesting facet of this season because the first time he was out, they not only were missing a key mix, they were missing Roquan Smith, and they played one of their best defensive games 
of the season, maybe their best against the Vikings. Right. They totally shut down Dalvin Cook. Uh, they sacked uh, Kirk Cousins five or six times. It was a great performance without. But, you know, it's like you can survive, you know, kind of like the Brewers surviving without. Yelich. Uh, um, Yelich, yeah. you know, for a while. You can survive for a while, although actually it's a bad example. They did actually a pretty good job. But I'm just saying, sometimes you can survive that missing guy uh, for, a, for, for one game, but then when, once, once people figure it out, they can attack it better. And the Bears do have depth on their, on their defensive line. Roy Robertson-Harris is good. Nick Williams has been outstanding as a reserve. But there's, no, there, there's, uh, there, there's no, nobody who's like Akeem Hicks as far as commanding double teams and just being a presence out there and just being as good as him. Right. And you're seeing, I think you're seeing like Roquan Smith not as effective, uh, even though he's probably playing better now, because he's just getting more tacklers on him because Akeem Hicks is, is, is not there in, in front of him. And so his absence has been missed, and it's just interesting how, like, it, it was such a tease. You know, that first time you thought, wow, what great depth this team has. Uh, you know, uh, and, and they, do have, they do have good depth, but you can see now that Hicks' absence make it a big difference. Mark, you mentioned, and Fred, you mentioned uh, Roquan Smith. About three weeks ago, uh, Mark, you were the uh, first or maybe only guy, and uh, I loved your angle. You said if Roquan doesn't get you know a little improvement, let's see a little more of uh, Nick Kwiatkowski. Go to number 44. He's only doing special teams. Is there a chance, or what do you, what do, you do with Kwiatkowski? Uh, is Roquan, you said, only lacking maybe the front three uh, guys right now? You, you're happy with uh, Smith? He looks to me like he's regressed this year. Well, overall, it hasn't been as good a year as you expected, but he had whatever incident it was where he missed the game for personal reasons against the Vikings. And then he was not very good. That's that, that, you know, Nick Kwiatkowski, even as just a, a, a run-down uh, linebacker and yeah. throw whoever in there you know, uh, in passing downs was still a better, to me, was a better option at the rate that Roquan was going. But I think he's picked it up the last couple of weeks. Certainly two weeks ago he was, he was yeah. kind of more closer to his old self. The last game, not as much, but I think a lot of that was, you know, it was was the matchup. It was just, it was not a good matchup. But I think he's back. I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not calling for. I would not call for that. I mean, right. uh, you got to go. It's similar to the whole thing. You got to stick with what you what you had at this. Roquan is still your potential. You know, uh, you know, all pro, Pro Bowl linebacker. You know, in the right situation, and I think, and I think they're gonna they're gonna run with that. So, but we're monitoring that because I mean, he, he's just not the same guy he was earlier in the season or certainly last year. Um, but it, it, he, um, at least he's shown signs of snapping out of it. Mark, the, uh, the great uh, Doug Buffon and Fred and I, we bring this up a lot. Maybe you remember this. Doug Buffon used to always do his three keys to winning. And he did not change it from game to game like you know people now. What are the three keys for this Sunday? He didn't change it from the time he got drafted. Yeah, it was run the ball, stop the run pressure the quarterback and it was sort of fun and people would maybe laugh at it. and then the league changes all the rules we're passing 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 and i'm watching these last few weeks and you know back to the you know the i formation they're running the ball but let's look at the pressure of the quarterback number item number three and the bears uh takeaways are down dramatically now, fumbles, uh, yeah, the peanut punch, and the ball hits. And last year, they forced like 10 fumbles, and they or 20, and they recovered 10. It's half and half when the ball's loose. But the picks, they're not picking off the pass. Now, how much of that is due to not pressuring 
the quarterback. Would that be a reason, with tipping a hat to Doug Buffon, is that part of the reason that the interceptions and the takeaways are down, the pressuring the quarterback is not apparently there like it was last year? Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that, Murph, because there's there's definitely there's there's definitely been a, a correlation. Uh, even though you know they've had uh, six sacks in like the last four in this four game losing streak, yeah. but for 26 yards, you know, a lot of no yards. It's just not the same thing. Before that, they're average. So, I, so let's put it this way: in the, in the four game losing streak, they're averaging 4.3 yards a sack. Before that, they're averaging 8.4 yards a sack and getting three times as many. So not only are they getting Fewer, they're they're getting fewer sacks, but they're they're just not the same kind of big you know momentum building and 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 uh, sacks where you're putting a team really behind the sticks and creating a better third third down situation. So all that goes hand in hand. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I think that's that's pretty basic that uh, they're they're not getting as much pressure on the quarterback. They're not wreaking havoc. Teams have kind of found a way to neutralize Khalil yeah. Mack better than they have, and the Bears haven't had the response. You know, mm-hmm. theoretically, Leonard Floyd, Roquan Smith, somebody, Danny Trevathan. So there's supposed to be some Eddie Goldman. There's supposed to be somewhere where the where where pressure sacks are supposed to come, or just in general havoc is supposed to come when teams uh, uh, try and do as much as they have to neutralize Mack. And that's another thing that hasn't happened that that I think happened more last year. Mike Davis, a guy they go out and get uh, in the offseason from Seattle, a guy they use, what was it, like 46 snaps in the first two games of the season. Then he had like five after that. He had none last week. He was on three special teams plays last week. Today they they cut him, uh, so they're hoping they can get a fourth-round comp pick. Is this showing that Pace and Nagy aren't on the same page? Because when you see what Mike Davis was able to do in Seattle and what they use him, they threw him the ball seven times in the first game. He had six catches, and the one overthrow after Mitch got hit would have led for a touchdown and possibly beaten the Packers. And then all of a sudden you don't see the guy anymore. Is this showing that maybe Pace and Nagy aren't on the same page when it comes to their offense? I don't know about that, uh, Fred. I just I think to me, Mike Davis is just another uh, symptom of an offense that just is totally discombobulated and in arrears and not, not in sync. And also, I mean, even then, I'll be honest, I never really considered Mike Davis like a big solution to the problem because I think uh, the David Montgomery drafting was much more important. I thought he was going to be uh, those, you know, the, the kind of featured back, even you know, catching balls out of the backfield, just and, and everywhere. So to me, it wasn't uh, as as big a miss because I never considered that much of a hit. It's almost like they planned this, not planned it, but I mean, it's almost like it worked out better for them to get this. You know, it's like paying for a draft to, right. to get a fourth round draft pick and. Frankly, uh, I think you can make the argument that Pace has done better, literally done better with his fourth-round picks, <laughs> you know, than he has with his first-round picks. So those are actually more valuable picks to the Bears than they are if, if indeed it becomes a fourth rounder, as people are speculating. It's more valuable to him. So I'm not. Uh, I, I just don't. I'll be honest. Don't consider the Mike Davis situation to be you know that much of a sure. of an egregious error, uh, especially. But but also because everything. There's so many other things that are going around uh, the Bears that are so many guys who are. Um, who have just been kind of engulfed by this uh, malaise offensively that I just don't consider him one of the main pieces of that. Hey, Mark, always a pleasure. Oh, look at Fred. Here's our Twitter poll. We haven't, uh, uh, you can vote now if you want. Uh, and Mark, uh, here it is, multiple choice. How many years before a Chicago team is in the playoffs? And uh, Fred will even put the fire in for you, okay? Okay. Cubs, Sox, Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks. How many, one year, two years, three years, 
are four or more. How many years before we have a team in the playoffs? Mark, do you want to vote on this or just cry with me? No, well, I'm going to do both. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to cry with you. But the White Sox will get in the playoffs next year, Murph. There That's my odd pick. And, and, and I say one year. One year. There you go. There you go. See, the reason we get Mark on is because he's yeah. able to use phrases like engulfed uh, by the malaise, something yeah. that you and I will never would never use. No. Because we don't understand what At it least means. he doesn't say regression <laughs> regression to the mean. Oh, man. Oh, I've had enough of that. Mark, thanks a million. And we always, the fans love hearing you once or twice a year when you carve out a few minutes for us. Thank you, Mark. Well, yeah, because the rest Fred. of the... The rest of the time, Mark, we're talking about your article, so we only yeah. need you once or twice a year. I, I appreciate that support. Uh, thanks a lot, thanks. Murph, Fred. Good talking to you guys right. again. Thanks, Same Mark. Here. Mark Potter sometimes. Yeah, he's got I great stuff all week I long. I know we're running late, Eric. Back in a flash, look at these Twitter poll questions. How many years before Chicago has a team in the playoffs? Vote now. Playoffs? ESPN 1000. ESPN Stats and Information is a great group. We're blessed to have them on the research side for this show. They put this nugget out. Chew on this while you're having your breakfast. Don't spit your coffee out. Only two teams have been held to 10 or fewer yards and a half over the last three years. The Chicago Bears on Sunday, November 3, 2019. And wait for it. The Kansas City Chiefs in 2017 when Matt Nagy held the title of offensive coordinator per ESPN Stats and Information. Miss a little, miss a lot. Cap and Company from the ESPN stat people. Yep. Oh, my God. You know, sometimes you can get inundated with numbers and it just, you sort of like, your eyes go, oh, yeah, I can't. But then you hear a cup. You know, Danny Zetterman had a uh, similar... Uh, Stat, a good stat the other day. Listen to this. Uh, this was also uh, from what the uh, Cap and Company yep. show, right, yep. Danny? We all knew there'd be a regression when it came to take takeaways from last year to this year. But do you know the numbers? The defensive takeaway total at the midpoint of this season is eleven. After eight games, eleven takeaways this Bears defense has. Do you know what they had last year after eight games? I'm going to say nineteen. Twenty-one. See, I don't think that's, that's necessarily uh, well. You know, regression to the mean. The, the, there's the pass rush isn't there. That's how you get picks, right? Sure, the quarterback's going to put one up for grabs every once in a while. The receiver runs the wrong route to the ball. But mostly, it's pressure, the quarterback. And it ain't happening. Mark was saying the same thing with us. Once you get pressure on the quarterback, then all of a sudden the ball goes up in the air. And then the guys can run under it and intercept it and things like that. And it happened earlier in the season, not so much anymore. Let's bring in Eric Ostrowski. EO11, the. What uh, what were the results of Twitter poll number one? How many years before a Chicago team is in the playoffs? Mark Potash and Fred have voted one year. The White Sox are coming. Uh, And the fire is going to get there. Two, three, or four. They play in Soldier Field this year. What the fans have to say? From bottom to top, 10% saying three years, 14% saying four or more years, Uh 29% saying two years, and the majority, 46%, saying one year away. Sox fans voting heavy today. There we go. Don't forget, next year's our year, right? Yep, that's it. 2020. I just like making the Cubs dig when I say that. Wait wait till one year. Wait till what? Fred, you got Andy Green on the bench now. You're in good shape. So I'm watching the uh, Kansas City Green Bay game, all right, last Sunday. Okay. Now, 
Help me out here. So Kansas City's winning 26 to 3. All right. Uh, Was it Kansas City or Minnesota? Why do I have. Uh, I thought Minnesota played Kansas City. Maybe I'm wrong. 26. Green Bay's losing 26 to 3. All right. Now that Green Bay was playing Carolina. Right. They, they lost to the Panthers. Was this two weeks ago? When was this? 26 to 3, Green Bay. So this is the situation where you need eight, you need eight, and you need. You need so teams losing by 23 points, right? And this happens all the time. That means you need an eight, and an eight, and a seven. So, would you go for the seven first, and then the eight, and the eight, or would you go for the two-point play no, right away? I'd go away? for the seven first. You have to. Yeah. And teams, every time they go for the two-point right away. Because if you miss the eight, then you're screwed. Then it's over. Then you're screwed. Yeah, you got no chance. You got to keep your team excited and thinking we're still alive. Yeah, you would think. And they go, uh, and I know that even though the two-point conversion has been around for about, what, now 15 years? And 20, it seems like no one has, has really figured that thing out. Well, I mean, when to do it, when not to, and there's, uh, they should do it all gone, the time. Bears should have gone for the two. way the way the kickers have been doing, kicking this year. They should do it all the time, absolutely right. all the time. Don't forget tomorrow, <laughs> yeah. I'll be with Mongo nine till noon out in Aurora. Paulie's Pizza will be there on Eola, right there from nine to noon, getting uh, you ready for Bears and Lions. Want to thank our guest Mark Potash, Murph and Fred saying thanks for listening, thanks for calling. See you later, everybody.